Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, listeners. I guess uh, my usual co-host Allison will not be here this week, so I can't say hi to her. So it's, I guess it's just you and I, listeners, unless someone else walks in. We're here to talk about the room minute fifty-eight, in which Denny sits on the floor for some reason. Uh, yeah, I mean that that was that was definitely my oh, big, hi, uh, takeaway. Oh, oh hi, Robert. Um, yeah, you know that's this this, and it's and it's also this crazy. You know, camera move too. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to, because he sits down behind the chair. Yeah, there's yeah, a perfectly good couch not, there. Exactly. Oh, hi, right. Alice. Oh, hi, Robert. Yeah, this this is also this is a scene that Sandy Shaclair spends a paragraph on in his book. Yes, I directed the room, which I have mentioned before. <laughs> wow. There are basically two reasons why Denny sits on the floor. One of them is somewhat practical. I'll just read you the thing. Uh, so Tommy left the stage after they were filming part of the rest of the scene. Yeah. This is Sandy Shaclair. He says, he left the set to get a page of dialogue he wanted to add to the scene, the scene we just finished shooting, and the new page is with Lisa and Denny in the scene we just finished shooting. Say what, who, how, reshoot the scene, draw them in digitally, I can't. Sandy Shaclair writes weird in weird sentences. Uh, I have neither the time nor the VFX personnel to make this happen. How? I'll tell you how. I simply pivoted the lights from the couch to the door, flipped the camera 180 degrees on its axis, and brought Lisa and Denny onto the set. Then I had them sit on the floor next to the door for their pointlessly inane melodramatic moment. Why would I do this, you ask? Because the doorway was already lit, and that stage was a tiny fucking box. That's why. Wow. So so they, they didn't have the lights on the couch area? I'm, yeah. I'm still really confused. Yeah, cause, because the way the scene was shot over by the fireplace, the lighting was different. But the doorway was already lit because it's the open doorway. And so practically speaking, Sandy had them point the cameras there and sit on the floor. And because Sandy is a chaotic asshole on the set, uh, he also did it just to be because he hadn't. As he says, where's the next line? It was the only place I hadn't shot yet. <laughs> the floor behind the chair next to the door. Yeah, this corner. <laughs> yeah, it was absurd and stupid and matched the dialogue. In other words, perfect. That's hilarious. So he basically shot over there because it was lit, and why the fuck not? It's stupid. And that's that's the way Sandy got as the, as the shooting went on, because he realized it was going to be horrible, and so he actively tried to make it more horrible. <laughs> Which is one reason why, even though I like some of yeah. what Sandy has to say, I think he's a dick <laughs> and a bad writer. Yeah, he he it's it, he writes it like he's like he's didn't type it like it's a transcript of him just ranting to a microphone. Is he Tommy was always like ghost? Is that his ghost writer? Like I don't understand. Oh no! Like he was dictating. <laughs> Tommy hates yeah. this guy. Yeah. This is the guy who says that he's the one who directed the movie. Tommy likes to claim director and. Oh, gotcha. As producer, Tommy gave himself the director credit. Mm-hmm. Man. Sandy is officially the, um, 
what he only gets one actual credit in the movie. I forget. He did like four different jobs. I think he's script script supervisor. Well, imagine wanting to take credit for this. That's right. That's the, the <laughs> thing of his whole book is yes, I directed the room. Is yeah, why not? Eventually, he's going to take credit. But then Tommy has made YouTube videos that are sort of. Uh, Secretly, because he doesn't say he's talking about Sandy, but basically attacking Sandy yeah. for the things he said. Well, is, is he somehow giving? Does, does Tommy ever like kind of give some kind of proof or some kind of like I could I could envision him, you know, going ahead and even recreating a scene or two or something, you know, and 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 showing that he can direct, you know, can place the camera. And... I think if Tommy if Tommy had evidence of that, he'd present yeah. it. And yeah, because right. he mm. had someone filming behind the mm. scenes footage. So if yeah, right. he did, it would exist. Mm-hmm. So I think he doesn't have any good evidence. I, of that. I mean, mm-hmm. did Sandy only come out with this like when it became a cult classic? Like that's what I would, you mm-hmm. know, think too, where it's like, okay, now it's big, maybe you want that notoriety. Yeah, Sandy's book, I think, came out only two years ago, so this is oh. even, like, after The Disaster Artist became a movie, or right when The Disaster mm-hmm. Artist was becoming a movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe. It's why he finally spoke up. Whether or not that means he's lying, I don't know, but mm-hmm. some of his yeah. stories are still interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that, that was, that was a huge thing, that movie. I mean, I mean, I had barely heard about it prior just a little bit prior to the movie. I mean, yeah. maybe when it was in production or something. And, and it was also in relation to, it's not the same room as the other room. Yeah. <laughs> as room. Yeah. yeah. If you get those two mixed up, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was also notably the last day that the second director of photography, Graham Futterfoss, worked on the film. Up to this point, they had had to take a long break after their batteries mm-hmm. ran low on all their equipment. Because they didn't have a generator. And Graham had demanded a generator multiple times and Tommy didn't want to spend the money on it. And so when Tommy showed up the next day without a generator, Graham quit. And I believe they still didn't get a generator. <laughs> so the third and final director of photography was stuck. So like would they would they and would they run out of battery power like yeah. at a certain point each day after yep. so much shooting? And then wow. because of the way Tommy ran his set, everyone would just have to sit there and wait. Yeah. Until the battery's charged again. And they're not buying extra batteries. They're not buying a generator to charge mm-hmm. things faster or keep things plugged in. And so they're just screwed once the batteries die. It's a lot of, lot of fun downtime on the set. Oh, yeah. And then you have actors that might not even shoot that day that are required to be there. Hmm. Uh, so, like, Carolyn Minot is on set, or near set anyway, every day of filming, of production, even though she's in... What, four scenes? Because Tommy didn't... Tommy wasn't a good planner. <laughs> he might have been a worse producer than he was a director or a writer. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's saying a lot. I mean, people kind of come out with, like, what set downtime was, was like. I mean, did the, the co-stars get along? Maybe not him specifically, but... Some of them got along. Um, the only ones that might not have got along were the, uh, there was a couple that... At this point, we're no longer working on the film. The original, I just hit a blank on Lisa's friend's name. I hit a blank on every character. I'm literally <laughs> watching this. I'm like, who is this suited up man walking through the frame? <laughs> Robin Robin Paris plays her in the film. What is her name? Mike Mike and oh my god! And now I look up the room, and there's a new movie called The Room that came out last year. <laughs> Some foreign film. So, so character-wise, are you talking about Michelle? Michelle, yes. Yeah. 
yeah, the original Michelle was like in a relationship with the original quote unquote original Mark. Mm-hmm. But she quit when he sort of got forced out on day one of shooting. Mm-hmm. We talked about a bit of that a long time ago though, because mm-hmm. the, the scene they shot was the original version of the drug dealer scene where they brought in Greg to film it and Tommy claimed the producers wanted to see what Greg looked on camera. But Mm -hmm. the crew and other cast members slowly realized that while they were filming the original guy, whose name I don't know, I believe he's the only one in Greg Sestero's book that he doesn't name last name. Like he doesn't let you know who he's talking about. They weren't running the cameras while he was filming. And then they ran the cameras when Greg came in to do the scene and Mm -hmm. everyone realized that was deliberate. And Tommy was deliberately trying to not film the guy he had cast as Mark. Oh, damn. Then... That guy basically quit, and original um, original Lisa, wait, which one was it? I said original Michelle, didn't I? No, Lisa. <laughs> I've forgotten this movie. What's happening? Juliet was cast as Michelle. The original Lisa quit, and then Juliet took the role of Lisa, and then Robin Paris came in to take over Michelle. Anyway, that was a while ago. We talked about it in better detail in a more earlier episode. We're here to talk about Denny on the floor. And, and, and while he's on the floor, he's all, all of a sudden become a, a uh, wedding coordinator. Yeah. yeah. He's worried about everything. Yeah. Lisa, you need to get your dress. <laughs> Something about the watch. Did you get your wedding gown yet? No. I've got plenty of time. Are you sure you have plenty of time? It's only a month away. It'll be fine. What are you so worried about? Everything's okay. Now, I I generally now have made it a rule to ignore the supposed original script that you can find online mm-hmm. because it's wrong. But I love this segment with Lisa and Billy, Billy being Denny. She asks him in this version of the script, why are you sitting on the floor, Billy? And Billy says, it's hard to explain. You wouldn't understand. And then she screams, you son of a bitch. What the hell is the matter with you? You're the reason I drink. If you don't get up this instant, I'm going to belt whip you so hard, you'll wish you were going to the moon. Ah, this script. I so wanted it to be real because of a couple things it did early on, but uh, it's not. Somehow I feel like that might have been like what was going like the exact conversation behind the scenes. Like, yeah. what are you doing sitting <laughs> on the floor? What we have a couch, you know, like there's a couch over there. No, there's lighting over. You wouldn't understand. It's because the, the door is here. Like, I, I'm just that seems a little too on the nose. When Sandy tells them to sit by the door, how does he get Tommy to go along with it? Is it like it's already lit and it'll be fine? Does yeah. Tommy think it's normal to sit on the floor by the door for a conversation? There's no money. It'll save money. It's fine. Like we have sunlight. That's that's what's that would get Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think another possibility I think maybe is or how at least they could could kind of also convince Tommy would be saying talking about how. It seems like Denny is supposed to be younger than he yes. is somewhat mentioned, somewhat seems to be. Yeah, the character is roughly 18. Yeah. So, and definitely younger kids will certainly sit on floors a lot more often than adults do. That's yeah, right. it makes him more of a kid. Yeah. He has to be taken care of. But then Lisa crouches down to talk yeah. to him and it's just, now she looks weird too and it's just. Stop it. Are they besties? Is it just a <laughs> annoying, annoying kid? Like the, I just think of like the go home Roger and sister, sister. Any sister, sister fans out there? Go home, Roger. Um, annoying neighbor kid, but. If you take Denny's, what Denny said about Elizabeth and how he, and, or his feelings for Lisa and about the red dress. Mm-hmm. And then the, from Philip, Hald- Philip Haldeman's comic. That Denny was actively trying to get money. That's why he got involved with a drug dealer to buy a similar dress for Elizabeth. His interest in Lisa's wedding gown 
is kind of weird because mm-hmm. it's like he wants to see that wedding gown yeah. so he can go buy one of those also for Elizabeth and oh. it's even creepier. We've been talking since like minute one of this that Denny's a serial killer and that's what this movie should have been, but <laughs> this just adds to it. Although I don't know if serial killers actively sit on the floor. I know that was a trope. I just <laughs> all serial killers. New serial sit killer on the trope. <laughs> all right, Ted Bundy, where are you sitting? You know. And so yeah, the the wedding is only a month away. <laughs> we have come to think that means the wedding is in June because uh, just the previous scene they were talking about beta breakers, which I believe happens in May. Oh. And so they're having a nice June wedding, which is good for them. Classic. But I just, I, I love it. You don't have your address. I have time. Well, wedding's in a month. Like, I could faint, like, at the thought of, like, every, you know, bride gets a, you know, a, I mean, not even six months in advance is probably pushing. I mean, maybe six months in advance, but, oh my, I just, I, I love the, just the nonchalant way, like, oh, I have time. The wedding's in a month. Like, so, so chill. Like, don't worry about it. As if she's <laughs> gonna stroll into the nearest, I don't know. Sears and kind of stress. Buy one off the rack. Yeah. She's waiting for Tommy to just bring one home. Is that an indication in, in a in a bride that you know, cold feet or you know, I mean, the idea that that in the back of her head somewhere she's thinking this is this isn't going to happen. Mm, maybe it's gotta be. Yeah. Well, and at this point, she has already had sex with Mark and yeah, right. claimed that she doesn't love Johnny anymore more than once. So she'll wear the red dress for her wedding. It'll be fine. <laughs> She'll go through with the wedding. She'll just wear, work, not wear yeah. white. <laughs> so basically, she's just lying to Denny. So every time you move, like, no, you're not pure or whatever, you know, something <laughs> like that. And uh, Denny wants her and Johnny to be happy, which is very sweet. I just want you and Johnny to be happy. And so my note there is, is her response <laughs> is said in a fairly non-happy way it's not it's not it's not the total opposite it's not really angry or really sad but it's right not really that happy way of saying i am happy i am happy no it doesn't come across as genuine no and then she's yeah she's got to talk to johnny so she'll see him later and denny leaves and actually closes the door (laughs) and so then right at the end of this minute we cut to the roof but we don't get any of that scene yet yeah but yeah i was trying to figure out because i hadn't seen this movie in so long and i was just like wait who is who is this this man just walking i could just could not i was like oh there's just random suited up men in his house i you know don't even don't even blame you forgot it was peter (laughs) oh yeah i was like who is this yeah i was like philip like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) and you mentioned the door closing and that's Mm -hmm. that very next the, the scene we cut to is with that Peter opening the door yeah. on the top of the roof. It's, yeah, that is cool. We're, we're following a, we're following a character. Very yeah, very symmetrical for once. It's actually a better transition than the last one. When they got to this scene, it went from Tommy going up the stairs after setting up the recording on the phone, and it was it was edited as if we were following Tommy into the next room mm. upstairs oh. as he walks into the living room, which we know is downstairs. It was a bad edit. This is actually a better edit, I think, because yeah. he closes the door, he opens the door. Peter takes us from one place to the other. Okay, then. Notes from Midnight Screening. Notes from a Midnight Screening. A lot of it is focused on that door, because uh, Mark leaves right at the beginning of the minute. Uh, oh, first she says, I gotta work early. On a close-up, and someone screams in the audience, what do you do? <laughs> we don't know what he does for a living. 
But then he leaves. He doesn't close the door, so the audience screams, close the door. We close the fucking doors! Peter comes there and leaves and doesn't close the door, so the audience will scream, close the door. <laughs> then he comes in. And they scream, close the door, because no one closes it again as he sits on the floor. Because, of course, Sandy's using the lighting, so there's a reason this time. Mm. But then when Denny gets up and leaves and actually closes the door, the audience cheers. I just, I like the dramatic glow from even from the, I assume, the window or whatever. I don't even know what it is. It's like all the curtains, but that's just, I mean, even just the beginning, that that close-up is very, very dramatic. Oh, yeah. Well, in previous to this minute, he was looking out the window. Yeah. Denny, Denny was. Yep. It's over there. Yeah, we get this, the minute starts with those, like, three very close-up shots of Lisa, Denny, and Mark. And ends with Mark on the uh, roof, sitting and smoking by the time Peter gets up there. Which we think Peter followed him from downstairs, and this is right after, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. We've got a month. It's plenty of time. I've got plenty of time. So, Eric, if the listeners would like to hear more of you talking about other things, where can they do so? Oh, yeah. Well, the uh, the two big things currently are both on the uh, uh, Pantheon Podcast Network. It's a rock and roll network. And uh, there's the one that I do by myself pretty much. But I generally have co-hosts that uh, are, are come, come in uh, each week and uh, have, a, have a guest almost always as well. That's Almost Famous Minute. I'm going through the uh, Cameron Crowe 2000 film uh kind of that's fairly autobiographical but does take some liberties too i think and then the second one uh with uh, zach fracking smith is uh feels like weezer so we're going track by track summer song through all of weezer's catalog and you can find them at uh, pantheonpodcast.com and alice if they want to hear more from you yeah so i'm on a plethora of yeah. podcasts you can find them on my on my twitter yeah <laughs> I was like, yeah. My, my Twitter is Ali Mej, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H. And I am a panelist on the Now You've Seen It podcast where we talk about movies with a guest who's never seen that movie. And Robert and I just started a new podcast that I don't remember the exact name of. <laughs> Greetings from Wonderfalls. Greetings, okay, because I was like, welcome to Wonderfalls. I wasn't quite sure. But yeah, we just started recording Greetings from Wonderfalls about the 2004... I'm not really a sitcom, but comedy, um, Wonderfalls. So that's amazing, too, and you guys have to check that out. But it's not the wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs>